Alright guys, welcome to first ever Clean Winter Podcast. My name is Jimmy Gott and joining with me here is Vincent Knotts. And we are very excited to bring you guys this podcast finally. We've been thinking about doing this for what, two or three years now? Yeah, I think you brought it up to me about three years ago. Like, yeah. yo Vince, let's start a podcast. And you know, yeah. we finally got around to it. So Yeah, but we're super excited and there's a bunch to talk about here. We're going to be probably talking about what, some junior tennis, some college tennis, ATP tennis. Uh, basically, you name it. You Off know? court news. Yeah, all that. Yeah. So and stick around for the end. We got a hypothetical situation. What would you do? Leave uh, in the comments below. So, welcome to the Clean Winner Podcast, everyone. Episode one. Uh, Clean Winner, the tennis brand for tennis people. Shop the highest quality tennis products for the lowest possible price. Link in the description. So. In the first segment of the show today, we're going to be talking about ATP, what's going on this week. So we got the Atlanta Open, mm -hmm. ATP 250. Yeah. We got the Generali Open, ATP 250, and then the Plava Laguna Croatia Open. People big know it as Umag Open. The big one of the week there with Alcaraz in center. Oh, yeah. Crazy yeah. final. We'll get into that one. So starting off with the Atlanta Open... Um, what were your thoughts on that tournament? What? So the Atlanta Open, I mean, obviously everyone going into that tournament was thinking John Isner was going to continue his reign. Yeah, what was it? Nine finals and six, six titles? Six wins, yeah. But it didn't work out because the other American took him out there. Brooksby, the young gun. The young Fun gun. fact, Brooksby lost in the Kalamazoo 16s final 6-3-6-0. He was in the Kalamazoo final at 16s? 16s Kalamazoo final. He lost. He got mopped by Lucas Grief. He that's, plays at Florida. That's in Michigan, right? That Kalamazoo? Yeah, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, yeah. yeah. I always wanted to play in that. Yeah, I'm me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a sick tournament yeah. for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about Brooksby. He's an absolute grinder. I would say he's a broke man's Andy Murray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he's got like, he's running around the court like he's Andy Murray. Like, yeah. say Andy Murray's on the street, right, New York City. Okay. And he's, like, he's got a cup out, and he's begging. Yeah. And, and people are, like, throwing in. I'm not giving any money in that cup. No way. They're throwing in change to him. And uh, he's just like, here, here, and then he gets up and plays a tournament. That's, like, the comparison. Yeah. Broke man's Andy Murray. You hear, all right, on the Andy Murray topic, you hear that story. I, I, think, I don't know if it was Wimbledon or what, but it was some tournament. He lost a match that he shouldn't have lost. And this little girl wanted her ball signed by Andy Murray, like, in the crowd. And Andy grabs it, like, the ball, <laughs> and chucks it, like, 20, like, 20 seats up in the, like, arena. When was this? It was, I, I, I don't know if he had won a Grand Slam at that point. I think it was before he won Wimbledon. Okay. But it was his, it was his anger management stage. Well, yeah, so he was smashing rackets. He was, and like, yelling. the curious before curious there. Okay. That's yeah. probably why they get along so well. You know they're good buddies in yeah, the locker yeah, room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Murray. Yeah, um, just learn from him, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Curious and Andy Murray. By the way, Curious hasn't changed a bit. I know, you know, he's on. He's playing well, Wimbledon final, blah, blah, blah. That dude has not changed a bit. He is crazy still. I love Curious, though, and I think he's actually really good for tennis. Yeah. Because, I don't know. During that Wimbledon, have you seen more people like repost on their stories stuff about Kyrgios than any other tennis player? I mean, that was everywhere. Even non-tennis kids that I know were like reposting his stuff, and that's the first time I've ever seen that. 
Really? So, like, non-tennis players getting yeah. into the sport a little bit? Because of Kyrgios. Yeah, that is that is true. I mean, Kyrgios is a lot of fun to watch. Like, Cincinnati, yeah. he walked out the court and just smashed a couple rackets. He gets catching up. Came back yeah. out with uh, cracked rackets. That yeah, was hilarious. that was the best match I've ever seen, obviously. Okay. So, back to Brooksby. Um, he kind of got mopped by Diminar in the final there. Uh, yeah. And what, what was going on? Diminar was playing great, though. I mean, all props to him. I mean, his speed on the court. Do you know a player? I mean, maybe Alcaraz is faster. Other than that, Diminar is moving around like no other. Yeah, he, he's fast. He's very fast. In an interview, he was talking. He does so much cardio. He does a lot more cardio than you might think. Really? Yeah, and that's like his whole game plan is cardio, running. Um, we'll put a link to that video in the description. It's actually pretty good to watch. I but. Um, so let's move on to the generality open here. Um, big name in this tournament, TM also shout out to Baptista Gu on his 11th title. That's a pretty big feat. He's crafty. He is very crafty. He's a vet. You know, he's been on the tour for a while now. Yeah. Do you know how long? Uh, let's see. I I think he's like 34. 34. And on clay too. That's where he's just going to. Outlast you, outgrind you, outtough you, you name it. Especially against, uh, especially against a player like that in the finals. Yeah, he's 34 years old. He's born he's 19. Solid. He's got his ATP Tour overview right here. So he turned pro in 2005. So this guy's been around a while. Yeah, big time. Right when Federer was going on his U.S. Open tear, but uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so also shout out to TM. He, um, since he beat Rusevori in that three setter, I think it was in a Swiss tournament. He's gone on seven, three record. He was zero and seven to break that mm-hmm. against Rusevori. He was zero and seven. I was a little worried that, you know, he probably wasn't going to get another win. It's, it's great seeing him back. Yeah. I was checking out his Twitter the other day and everything coming from him just seems positive. Seems mm-hmm. like it's moving in the right direction. Yeah. I know. What was there like a? There's de- something about depression in there too. Along he was injured, and there was also a little thing about you know a little case of depression, which was which was tough to see. But he seems really positive now, and definitely moving in the right direction. Because what you said, he was seven and three. The past seven and three matches. past three tournaments. Uh, he's probably picked up a few more losses and wins since then. But uh, seven and three since I last checked since that Rizavori match where he was zero and seven had to break that losing streak. Zero and seven, that is just like that's yeah. disheartening. And some of those matches were on the Challenger Tour too, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's. That I was worried because I'm a big TM fan. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I still don't think we'll ever see him back on that big stage in a final. You don't think so? I don't, dude. Is that I, a I'm, hot take? All right, twenty twenty two. Yeah, it is. It's a hot take. I, I'm going to take you here. I'm going to counter take. French? French? Is that what you're thinking? No, 2022 U.S. Open. I think he's going to the fourth round. At least fourth round. No shot. Dude, that's his maiden, that's his maiden Grand Slam. And you don't think he's going to ball it was, out? It was a gifted win. Okay. He it put, was nah, a gifted win. It was, it was a pretty bad final, but like, who am I to judge? It? Not even the final. It was, that was the year Djokovic hit that ball into the line judge like throw. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of the funniest tennis moments I think I've ever seen. The crowd was just shook. Dude, Djokovic just murked. What was he doing? I don't know. I don't know. And it was like, it was a rage. It was like a rage thing. It was a rage thing. He it was, was a rage thing. I'm pretty sure he lost the set. And I think he was playing a goot, I believe, right? Yeah. 
Let's pull up that video. You want to pull up yeah, that video? Yeah, we'll pull up the video. That, dude, that, I love that video. We'll pull um, it up. And I mean, what, Sissipass did like the similar thing in, in Wimbledon, playing Curios. Sissipass is getting out of control. He almost hit someone in the head. We'll pull that out too. He is. He, he's been my favorite player for a long time, Steph, that is. Because uh, of his YouTube channels. He's just a likable dude for the most part. But as of recently, I don't know. He's Something's changed with him. I don't know if it's like his recent results. He hasn't been doing as well in some of these tournaments as he probably would like. Yeah, but, you're always on about Sitsi Pass, Sitsi Pass. I, I don't know, know anyone who likes him. Like, he's, he's so mean. Yeah, and, and it's starting to show now for sure. Yeah. Um, but back when he was getting those results, I remember when I became a Sitsi Pass fan the first time. It was in Australian Open. Probably, I think it was 2019 when he beat Fed in the, the quarters there. What a match that was. It was a... Uh, oh, Aussie sense. Open? I, Aussie. I was watching that like a week ago. Yeah, dude. I think that that was his past his best match he's ever played. The, the Greek fans were were chanting the <laughs> whole time. It was it, it was a really cool moment. It was cool. Tennis. That was peak. That was peak Sitsi Pass. That was definitely sure. peak Sitsi Pass. Hopefully he comes back. Let's check out this video of Djokovic. This is like hilarious. I mean, poor line judge though. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, oh we we'll cut this Hi, I'm here. I want to turn out to that bizarre moment at the U.S. Open that so many are talking about. Oh, oh, damn. Right into his throat. Look, 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 look. He threw it right away. No, he knows. He's he done. Knew. You're done. And if I remember right. Game yeah, he just went. Look, look, look. The fact that there is no fans there too. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> he knew, and he knew the rule, but he still tried to. Yeah, I mean, it's to champ about it. I mean, he. Look at that. Not the play. Oh, it's Busa. It was the other guy in the Spaniards. Yeah. It wasn't good. It was bad luck. No, uh, you know, you, you cannot, you cannot uh, do this. But of, but of course, uh, I think that Novak yeah. never, never. Uh, yeah. And you think Busta learned English by now? How long he's been on tour? But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the Spaniards, their English is pretty rough. I mean, at all, I, I can't really. I think it's like the clay gets in their, their mouth or whatever. They're just playing a lot on the clay and they, they can't pronounce the English. It, it's whatever. I love Spanish tennis players, but I mean, if you're if you're watching from and Spain, this is, shut this up. is coming from a man who lived in Spain too. Oh yeah, I love Spain, dude. The clay is it's the grindiest surface you can play on. Yeah, so I mean, you you were playing on red clay out there, right? Oh yeah, in Mallorca, Spain, with with uh, Uncle Tony. <laughs> I met him. I met Uncle Tony. Really? Real. Yeah, and his cousin, his like uh, Nadal's cousin, Juan Nadal. There's like all these videos on YouTube popping really? up of him training with Nadal. He's gotten good. You'd be on lookout for Juan Nadal now. Wow. He's serious. He's the real deal. Okay. The more you know. The more you know. So we'll move on. Um, oh, Umag. Sinner Alcaraz. The big one. The big one. What a performance by Sinner. Dude, first semifinal of the season. First title of the season against yeah. Alcaraz. Against on clay. Alcaraz, who, what, him and... Was he the leading guy with for the titles on tour this year so far? 
Alcaraz has the most tours, 2022. Has mm-hmm. the most uh, titles. Most titles in 2022. I'm pretty sure it is Alcaraz. He might be tied with... Uh, I'll look way, it up. Alcaraz has been putting on a show. Yeah. He's tied with Nadal. I think uh, Nadal Alcaraz four. Oh no, Alcaraz. Let's turn. Who's the most? Who won? Hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, it's either it's either Alcaraz solo most titles or he's tied with Rafa. I'm pretty sure. He could be tied with Rafa for four titles. You guys let us know in the comments, honestly. Yeah. Um. So, Sinner, I was watching that match, mm-hmm. and uh, Alcaraz was going crazy in the first set. Going crazy. Absolutely crazy. Sure. Sinner, you know, he's playing well. Holding serve. That was the biggest part for Sinner. The first set, just holding serve. Mm-hmm. And throughout the match, honestly. Keeping it tight. What, 7-5 in that first tie break? Yeah, it was, close. It was tight. It was tight. It was. Uh, that's a matchup we might be seeing for a long time. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. A long time. I mean, Sinners, I remember seeing him play. We have the privilege of being able to go to Western Southern every year. And I remember I, I watched him play on his 20th birthday. And for his size, I mean, he's still skinny. He's obviously working on muscle, getting more muscle and getting stronger and physically uh, more adapt for especially Grand Slams. But... This matchup with Alcaraz, who seems already physically there, mm-hmm. and Sinner, you know, approaching to get that level, Sinner uh, could cause some problems there for Alcaraz's uh, future. I'm just worried about his consistency, because he's got big strokes, big game. Sinner? Yeah. Yeah. Alcaraz is, like, making a final every week. Yeah. Like, this guy, yep. he relies on his physicality, and you see Nadal doing the same, mm-hmm. and these are the type of guys who are just, like, they stay there. They stay in the top. Yeah, Alcaraz is already there, in my opinion, when it comes to, like, people, the thing what was always with the big three with Sissipas and Medvedev, mm-hmm. they could beat them sometimes, but could they go back-to-back, you know, taking out both Djokovic and Nadal in back-to-back rounds, you know, in Grand Slams when it comes to the quarters and semis? They weren't at that level for the most part. No. I but don't. Alcaraz seems to already be there, and... He's still 19 years old. It's it's honestly crazy what he's doing. He's and younger than me. He's younger than me. Yeah, Vinny, we're, we're, yeah. That's crazy. I, I just finished like freshman year college tennis. He's college younger tennis. than me. Yeah. And this dude won the Miami Open. Like, I, I'm looking at that. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, does it make you jealous at all? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm seriously jealous. jealous. I'm like, dang, I need to be in his position. But I don't put nearly in as much work as he does. He puts in a lot of work. A lot of work. Because his physical, dude, his physical is like, his physicality is insane. You follow him on Instagram? Um, I do not. Well, I'm not sure. He posts some training videos. Dude, guy's a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> he's, he's a, a dog. dog. For real. I mean, whether it's doing just like footwork or whatever, he's 100% into every single workout. Yeah. And I think that could be the difference from getting to his spot to being one of those top three compared to, like, Steph, you know? Mm-hmm. Steph is making vlogs. I mean, I hate to say it because Steph still one of my favorite players. <laughs> but, I mean, you can't – off the court, he's not putting – it doesn't seem like he's putting as much effort in as players like Alcaraz, maybe even Sinner. Yeah. So, it's, I will say – It's tough to think about. It is. It is. I will say – 
I don't think tennis has ever seen, like in probably like the past 15 years. Now, I would say besides Andy Murray and Andy Roddick, um, I would say and Warinka, besides those three, I don't think tennis has seen a real Grand Slam contender like Alcaraz. I like that. I will, I will not, I will, I will say that because Alcaraz, like the consistency, the finals he's getting into, the wins he's getting, and the massive jump to the world stage in within a year is like, that's crazy. You have statistic on yeah, that. Yeah, you want to, this is very interesting what I found on Alcaraz because I think the whole tennis world is amazed by him right now. Alcaraz, to get 50 wins, it took him 70 matches to get 50 wins on the tour. Mm-hmm. Now compare that to Djokovic, who's at 79. Mm-hmm. It took Djokovic 79 matches. It took Nadal 81 matches. And it took Federer 97 matches. Now think about that Federer number. He lost about half his matches in his first 100. And most of the world probably thinks he's the GOAT. I love that. I love that stat. That's so cool. I mean, it just goes I to would show, say he's the GOAT. No matter if you're a junior tennis player, if you're a college tennis player, if you're a pro... Like, it all is work ethic and staying with it. And I, thinking back to my junior tennis days where I would watch, you know, guys who were doing full-time tennis at the age of 11 or 12. And the opportunity those kids have mm-hmm. is out of this world. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could go back in time and do full-time tennis at that age, I would. But I was playing other sports, you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't getting as consistently better. Mm-hmm. But some of these kids who are 12 are they just have the worst mentality about it <laughs> they really do they're hotheads man yeah. and it, it really makes me annoyed seeing that because of the opportunity they have in front of them yeah yeah they have true. all of the room in the world to grow and to you know be top d1 athletes to mm-hmm. go to some of these big 10 schools that probably intimidates them a little bit they're probably a little bit scared at their potential yeah i mean yeah they probably are scared. They probably like just take it out, throw rackets, like go yell at their mom or something, and get mad at the umpire. Who knows? But yeah, if I could tell, if there's a 12 year old out there who's full time tennis right now and is just a major hothead, I would just love to tell you to work on your mental game more than anything because you have a great chance at succeeding in the tennis world and getting opportunities that you know I didn't get to have. Maybe even though you you know. D1 player, mm-hmm. some opportunities like like Ohio State, like Kentucky. Yeah, big opportunities. Like I started playing tennis when I was 12. I was playing soccer. I wasn't really serious about it. Sure. I'm only now getting better and better at, at an alarming rate yeah. now in my career. Yeah. Not when I was 12, 14, 16, like 18, 19 years old. I start to really get better and have knowledge game where you can make adjustments. And Plus, that, you go that play D one. Your mental game. Yeah, it's all it's mental game because you need to be thinking. All right, not getting angry, not throwing the rackets, whatever. What? Why am I losing matches? It's most important. Yeah. If you're losing matches, it's for a reason. You got to really look into it. And a lot of times, you know, players they turn to a coach, mm-hmm. whatever, like solve their problems. All the problems that you need solving, you know them. Sure. You'll go play a match. You'll miss too many forehands. Yep. You gotta fix your forehand. That's what that was my case. I'm playing 10 times better. So because yeah, your backhand has always been significantly better, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. If you were to like not play tennis for a week and you were to come back into it, oh. your backhand would be it's steady fun. as ever. That mm-hmm. forehand, though. Scott is like every four shots missing. And, and, and what's good and what's helping your game is that you've realized that. Um, yeah. 
Well, that that's actually a great um, little segue into our next segment, the junior segment. Perfect. So, uh, first of all, we're going to start out with a hot topic. All right. Drew Please. Evans. Drew Evans. The Cincinnati native. Shout out Drew Evans. Shout out Drew Evans. We'll put his Instagram in the description, maybe in the video somewhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, Drew, man, congrats. Once a clean winner athlete of the week, I believe, right? Yes, clean winner athlete of the week. He's been featured on clean winner Instagram. You guys comment if we should bring back the clean winner athlete of the week. Cause I think that was something that was really good for the winner player. of the week. It was, go- it was winner, winner of the yeah, week. winner of the week. Yeah, winner of the week. We'll bring back winner of the week. You can send in photos with uh, the rackets, whatever your clean winner purchases are. Uh, maybe you want a giveaway. We're going to be doing plenty of giveaways on this channel. Yeah. Um, you know, take a little selfie, send it. We'll put you on the Instagram. Shout you out. Perfect. Hell yeah. Um, so basically, Drew Evans had a massive Midwest quarterfinal run. Um, That's a really good result. His last result, the previous year, he lost the first round, won two back draw rounds, and then was out. And then was, he goes in quarterfinal. Did, he get, you know, did you check out the draw? Was he seated for it? No, he's unseated. I have some uh, details on that. Only seated, making the quarters. That's a big run. Um, it's massive. He beat a D1. And I know D1 he's got a lot going on, too, with uh, some college decisions. Um, you know, he's entering his senior year here. You know, what, what I think stands out about Drew here, and I know, you know, a lot of people listening probably don't even know who Drew is, mm-hmm. but he's a really talented player, but he really loves the sport. Yeah, he's got massive passion. He he. Yeah. Out of all the players, we played high school with Drew. Out of all the yeah. players, if we take a bad loss, Drew takes it the hardest. He really cares. Yeah, and that's that's what helps him grow. You know, if you're also a junior player listening to this, stuff like that will help you. Um, you know, continue to grow and do a better player. For sure. So here's what he did. He went um, first round. He beat the ten seed. Um, he won the first set six one. Took uh, one six second set, and then he won that third set seven five three so hour match. Would would that ever affect you? Because that would affect me when I would play, especially in the USCA tournaments. Yeah. You win the first set against a player that you know you might not have supposed to win that first yeah, set, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you start thinking about it. <laughs> you start thinking about it, and then that second set, just everything goes wrong. Completely wrong. <laughs> Everything goes wrong. <laughs> and, you know, whatever it is, if it's, you know, 6-1, six, 6-2, six, second set, you know, yeah. you get back to the bench, you're sitting down. It's and conditioning. You're like, you're like, I am in this match. What just happened? Yeah. And really, it, it's just you thinking about, you know, what could happen if you win. Like, you start thinking to yourself, like, that's oh, the hard part about what breaking if I through. actually win this match? Dude, that's what's so hard about breaking through to new levels yeah. is you got to expect yourself to break through, half of that is putting in the work. If you put in the work, if you put in the work in your cardio, you're gonna feel more deserving of that win, yeah. and you're not gonna worry too much about what's gonna happen, who's gonna say what about this, blah, blah, blah. You're just gonna play, you're gonna take that second set. One of my uh, favorite tennis quotes of all time comes from John Millman, one of, one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys don't know John Millman, check him out, because he's a dog, just flat out, a dog. Yeah. <laughs> but he was playing Federer in uh, the Australian Open, I want to say this was Vinny, this was our sophomore year of high school, so that'd be 2018. Okay. I think it was 2018 Australian Open. He was playing Fed, and it was a fifth set match. It was one of those matches, one of my favorites, where we wake up in the morning and the tennis is still going on because oh, yeah. of the time zone. Yeah, you guys and know the feeling. I turned it on the TV, and I see Millman just absolutely exhausted. In this fifth set. And he turns, like, to the camera, you know, going to the ball boy to get, you know, ready 
the serve, whatever. And he tells himself, be, like, multiple times, like, five times, be brave, be brave, be brave. And he keeps on telling himself that. And, yeah. you know, when, as, as stupid as it might sound, like, I looked at that and I was like, that's a great thing to say to yeah. yourself in a big moment of, you know, any match. It could be in tennis. It could be in any other sport, honestly. Say, be brave. Keep on telling yourself that. That's what you're thinking about. You're not going to hang on. You're not going to you're not you're going to play loose. And I think that's what helps and in these situations, you know, where you win the first set against a player that you probably shouldn't have beat the first set against. Yeah. If you keep on playing loose, you're going to keep on playing well. You're going to keep attacking. It's when people tight, tighten up a little bit when they, you know, start thinking about what's going on. Yeah. So, if you, if you're saying be brave, it's possible that like maybe accepting that it's going to take some bravery. Just like you realize like, okay, now this is different. I need to be brave right now. Like I need to get in the zone. I just I think need that's to something you take on like the lot, challenge. Especially for your game. What? Saying something like be brave. Yeah, I probably need to start doing game. that. I get, I get a little nervous in the beginning of matches especially. Yeah. So it's something to consider. I mean, Drew, I mean, this was, this was a brave result. It was a brave result. I mean, he second round here, so he had that three-hour-long match. Second round, another seed, 19 seed, um, Eli Mercer, IUPUI commit. Really? Yep. What was uh, the score on that? 5-7. So he, he lost the first set, 5-7. Okay. 6-3, 6-2. So he found a little rhythm there. Yeah, he, he figured him he out. Got it going. That's, just, that's a great win. It's a great win. It's another three-setter. Then he beat the eight seed, the eight seed, AJ Mercer, 7-6. Six four, and ten eight in the breaker of the first set. Wow, that's that's, that's grindy. Maybe he saved a couple set points, um, and then now he's in the quarterfinals. He lost to the three seed, Sidor. Shout out to Sidor, Dayton commit. Sidor. Super nice guy. Sidor, one of the nicest tennis players oh, that yeah. I have met, like in high school tennis. Yeah, I mean, I I remember, you know, when Ronit was playing. I don't I don't know. This was my freshman year. Uh, Sidor. Or no, it would have been my sophomore year. You would have been on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Ronan and Sidor played like three times in the span of like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Ronan got in every time. But each each match, Sidor got like a little closer to beating him. Yeah. A little closer <laughs> and a little closer. And uh, he's just the nicest kid. He loses with a smile on his face. He wins with a smile on his face. Yeah, he'll say hi to you at tournaments. You uh, know, he's super nice humble. Also, you say he against Ronit getting yeah. closer. Yeah, shout out to Ronit here yeah, as well. As well. He he's um he plays at Dayton, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So great player. They were good friends, you know, on and off the court there too, and now mm-hmm. they're teammates, um, which is really cool. Into our next topic about the juniors. So there is the national, the girls 16s, 18s national championships. Uh, the Billie Jean King national championships. Is that in Florida? I I believe. I believe so. Okay. I believe sure. so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So, uh, Saturday, August 6th through Sunday, August 14th. Shout out to all the players competing in it. Headliner is Robin Montgomery. Um, she's going to be playing the 18s. I believe she's the one seed. And do I know where she's going? I don't know where she's going yet, but she is the reigning junior U.S. Open champion for singles and doubles. Well, what was her name again? name is Robin Montgomery. Um, and um, so she's currently ranked 359 WTA. 
So she could be the next outbreak. Like, she could be the next breakout player. Yeah, I'm seeing 194. 194? WTA? Yeah, right here. Oh, well, she's gone up then since my research. <laughs> like, four hours ago. Well, to be fair, to be fair, it says August 1st, 2022. And at this time, it still isn't August 1st, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with this website. Guys, our uh, information right now, don't take it too seriously because there seems to be some uh, discrepancies, but there is there. This is coming up in uh, August sixth to August fourteenth. This is coming up, gotcha. and that's probably more accurate. She's probably gone up in ranking, but she should be. You should be on the lookout for Robin Montgomery. She's an absolute baller. She's a younger player, and personally, I think she's going to be a next big star. Uh, I want to find her uh, tennis recruiting here. Oh yeah, search up her tennis recruiting. I want to see where she's going. I think she's just going to keep up with the pros. Yeah, she's not even. She's she's going pro. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know why I think she's. Going she's already pro. So shout out to Rob Montgomery and shout out to all the players competing in the girls Washington, eighteen and sixteen. Washington D.C. Yeah, I didn't know they had tennis players there. <laughs> <laughs> what you see all these like top junior players and you know where are they from? They're from Florida, California. Hey, yeah. shout out Cincinnati. Cincinnati creates some great players. I mean, players. Cincinnati does create some very good players. Yeah. You know, shout out J.J. Wolf. Shout out J.J. Wolf. Shout out. We got to have you on the Peyton show sometime. Peyton Stearns, too. Peyton Stearns, shout out. Peyton Stearns, shout out. Peyton Stearns. <laughs> hey, we got to have you on the show, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's your name? Katie McNally. Katie McNally. Bring Coco with you on the, on <laughs> <laughs> come on the show. Yeah, guys, comment if you want uh, Coco Goff to come on the show. Coco Goff, next episode. <laughs> Hey, you never know. We might just we might just have her on. Anyway, you wanna you wanna get into these off court topics, or tennis news, there's tennis some, now. There's some more off court hot topics here. Uh, leading the pack, you know, per usual, uh, is Nick Kyrgios. Um, oh. What's going on with Nick Kyrgios? Uh, he was set to go into court on August second for I want to say it's like a assault charge for his ex girlfriend. I don't know if whoa 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 whoa, right whoa, whoa 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 whoa. Alleged. It is alleged. It's alleged. Um, I believe. It's it, a, here. It is. It's one count of common assault. Common assault. One count. And okay. this is in Australia too, so we don't really know like the seriousness of their like they pushed it back and all that. They pushed it back three weeks. And also, what I didn't know about it because you know the media likes to make everything seem like a really really big deal. Which yeah. who knows? Maybe this is, but. Kyrgios doesn't even need to be in town for it. Like, he doesn't even need to appear in court. He just has his lawyer have to go to court, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting uh, based on all the media attention it's getting. But it's a maximum sentence of two years in prison. And uh, other than just the trial date and, you know, the, the one count of common assault, there's really no other information revealed yet. Mm. So, you know, we don't really know the basis of what's Jason going that's his lawyer, Jason Mopet. Okay. His lawyer says Kyrgios is aware of the allegation and is taking the matter very seriously. Yeah, I think that was during Wimbledon. And, I mean, what could it have been a worse time for that stuff to come out yeah, I know. while he was making his run at Wimbledon? Uh, you know, I hope both sides get it figured out because uh, it's obviously pretty serious and um, not good to see one of the best stars in tennis. We don't, exactly. we don't know the, you know, if it's hearsay or if it's real or if yeah. it's whatever. It is an allegation. But uh, still, the situation should be taken seriously, and we hope the best for both parties in a matter, and hope they come to a resolution. Yeah. So, 
Um, another topic right now going on is Vera's recovery. Mm. Um, Vera, obviously, I would say one of the most grueling tennis injuries. Ooh, I've ever should we pull seen. it up? No. 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 Should we pull it we up? We should not pull that up. I, I mean, I don't want to look at it. You don't want to look at to it? Be honest, I don't. You don't, okay, I won't look at it. it. It was pretty bad, and, you know, he went through surgery. He was keeping a very good open mind about it, which was always uh, good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, unlikely to play at the U.S. Open, which begins end of August here. Exciting time for the tennis world in the United States. But uh, the question to be asked because of this is, you know, along with Nadal's injury, along with Djokovic's vaccination issues, you know, getting into the United States. What does this mean for this year's U.S. Open? Um, it kind of seems like it's going to be very similar to that, what, the one team had won. Mm-hmm. seems like it's going to be pretty similar to that, mm-hmm. where it's a very open field. Yeah. Uh, Tim did stuff. take out Medvedev, though, when he won the tournament. That is true. He did take out Medvedev. That is true. He, he was playing well. I wouldn't be surprised if he took out one of the top guys, if they were playing. Yeah, I mean, uh, we got Alcaraz and Sispas, obviously, fighting for it. I would give the nudge to Alcaraz there for sure, um, you know, yeah. trying to get their first Grand Slam. And, you know, if I were to put money on it now, you know, I'm, I'm going Alcaraz. You're going Alcaraz? Or Sissipas? I'm going Alcaraz to win it. To win it all? To win it. Alcaraz to win Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go. If, if I have to make a prediction now... Like, if I have to put money down now, I would probably go with... Is Kyrgios going to play it, right? Kyrgios, uh, well, he's going to play the Western and Southern here in Cincy, so I, I definitely assume he's going to If Kyrgios is playing, I'm going to go with Kyrgios. But, see, I, I like the take because I'm a, I'm a Kyrgios fan. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm also an Alcaraz fan, but, you know, I, I do like Kyrgios a lot. But what he said after that press conference, after Wimbledon, I mean, one of the funniest things a tennis player could say after, you know, making a Grand Slam final of being, being asked, uh, Nick, do you, does this uh, final run make you want to, you know, make another Grand Slam final? And him looking that person dead in the eye and being <laughs> like, honestly, no. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> like, Dude. like, that kind of attitude, I mean, sure, it's fun to play around and joke like, with stuff like that. Uh-uh. But when it comes to when it comes to the U.S. Open and him, you know, knowing what it takes to get to that Grand Slam final, I, I don't know if he has it in him to do it again. I hope he I hope he does. Dude, I I am I know he has his game for it and he's doing better like mentally. Yeah. And that's great and everything. So I'm you know I'm interested to see how he's gonna do. Obviously, because yeah. he, he had that crazy run at Wimbledon. Then again, Wimbledon his strongest tournament. So, how is he going to do at the U.S. Open? Probably a little worse, but the competition is a little worse. So, who knows? He, he might just true. get a win. That is and, if Djokovic shows and that up. That would be awesome to see. Watching that Wimbledon final, I wanted nothing more to see Kyrgios win. <laughs> I wanted nothing more. I think the whole tennis world, besides those, all right. Do you know any like solely Djokovic fans who just love Djokovic? I love Djokovic. But like. Like a player who is a diehard Djokovic fan does not like anyone else, because there's there's Nadal fans like that. Dude, there's I'm 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 like borderline that. like that. No, I'm not. No way. Federer, Fed, I'm, I'm a Federer. Exactly. Fed has his own army. Nadal has his own army. But Djokovic. Okay. How about everyone in the like army? Like they have a war. They have, there's a Nadal Djokovic I mean, army it war. Be it would be Fed just because there's so many Fed fans. Oh oh, oh Nadal Federer war. 
Nadal Federer war? Is, is that it, the war we're, we're talking, talking about? The big three or just Nadal Djokovic? How about this? We'll do, we'll start with we'll do a big three brawl. Okay, so you yeah. got they got like axes, swords, they got all kinds of stuff. They got rackets like that are like like pointed and whatever, and, and they're going into battle. Boy. Yeah, and they're coming from all directions. You got the Federer fans, you got the Nadal fans, Djokovic fans behind me, and they're just they're all rushing in. They're all gonna fight each other. Who's gonna be the last man standing? The the Federer fans. Yeah. Why? Why would you? Why? There's so many of them, dude. Yeah. There's so many of them. Yeah, and you the, know Federer's been around. One of the most infamous sights to see at a tennis tournament is that RF hat. That's his beauty. He got it back. He got it I back. I know. I know. He did get back, which is great. Yeah. You know, it should have been his the whole time. Yeah. Um, rightfully so. And we talked about this uh, last thing here. Will Dominic team? actually make it back to the top by the way it was not a seven losing match streak it was a 10 losing match streak imagine losing 10 matches in a row and you keep playing i don't know if i've ever lost 10 matches in a row 10 matches i never lost 10 matches in a row you go 10 matches in a row losing i would just quit Boy, tennis you played me 10 times in a row i think i'd maybe take a loss here and there in, in what format? In what format? Like a best two out of three if you play me 10 matches yeah no you catch you, fire in a couple of matches to take matches me down no that is a hot take that is a thermonuclear take that is not true guys not a hot take. that is not true all the fans watching that is not true i would take this man down 10 times in a row i said maybe eight and give him two to be you know humble and now he's saying he beat me 10 in a row that is something i can't believe you all right do you, do you want me to hit you with the hypothetical here the hypothetical? Or do you, do you, we still got more to go. Um, let me see what else kind of news we have. Okay, so Nadal, let's talk a little bit about... First of all, do you think Djokovic is going to show up to the U.S. Open, yes or no? It all depends with his vaccination stuff. They had like a 50,000 people sign a waiver, like, hey, let, let him go. I mean... I really don't know. I, I would say he would probably find a way to get in. It seems like he's been barely getting into all of these tournaments because of it. Um, yeah. So I'd say probably yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I honestly kind of I, I kind of don't want him in it. <laughs> I kind of don't want him in it. Because, he doesn't want him in the tournament because I want to see I want to see if Alcaraz can do it. But I want Alcaraz to do it with Djokovic in the tournament. Exactly, and and people that is true because because they're always going to be talking. With teams Grand Slam, you know, everyone calls it like the. You don't want that. You don't. Want it, it's the Disney title. Yeah. It's the Disney title, you know, like the like the bubble. I personally disagree. I would disagree. I I don't think it's NBA bubble type title. I well, uh, honestly, there's no one in the crowd. Uh, it, it's true. It's not. <laughs> now, now that I remember, there's no. It was dead silent when yeah, he won. Dude. I'm like, oh, dude. There's no one there. Djokovic, obviously, we showed the video earlier. Got DQ'd for that literally idiot, idiot play. Um, yeah, that was pretty hilarious. Well, I mean, poor lady, but that was like. But that is true <laughs> to think about. You know, I feel like Alcaraz would want his first Grand Slam to come le- legitimately. Um, yeah. When it comes to the field of players. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause, cause you don't want like five years from now, all these guys are retired, and you don't want people saying like, uh, well, was he as good as Djokovic? Was he as good as yeah, Nadal? Especially it, if it's his only one. It, yeah, it, it's gonna be like, oh, who's this guy? Cause Warinka, you look at Warinka, his Grand Slams, you're like, you can't take one of them away from him. He beat all the big players. That dude had crazy power. 
He ran through Djokovic in the U.S. Yeah. Open final. He ran through Nadal. Not really. It was a super grindy match in the Aussie Open. And then he ran through Djokovic again at the French Open. This guy is nuts. Warinka is nuts. Shout out to Warinka. I hope he returns to the tour. Um, anyway. It's just, whenever I see him playing a match, it, it's, power. it's, it's just power. good to see. Like, even, even knowing where he is now with his level, you know, probably not going to be able to compete for anything too big. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing him play and just remembering, like, that one it's it's the greatest thing of there. all time. Like that one hander down the line is like, it's lethal. He doesn't even. He's like, okay, yeah, you can. You're like the best player in the world, but I I gonna hit a winner yeah, on there's you. There's nothing like it. There's so there's nothing. A clean winner. Anyway, um, one more thing to talk about, Nadal. I mean, do you want to get into his foot injections? Cause there's really nothing to talk about. He won, what, thirteen French Opens without foot injections. His 14th with foot injections, and people want to say, I mean, I mean, he's he's, immortal. He's immortal. He's immortal at the French Open. He's immortal. He's literally immortal. There's really nothing you can even say about that just because no matter what he does, it is his mindset 10 out of 10 times he is not going to lose to you. Um, It it takes Djokovic, and this is one thing I, I think everybody admires about Djokovic. He seems like he's the only player on tour still that can tell himself, I'm not losing this point. You have to beat me on this point. And he can do that at any time throughout the match. You see him in these big situations, you know, getting into the fourth and fifth sets of Grand Slam matches, and he'll go a set without missing a ball. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And it's not like he's, you know, playing junior tennis where he's just getting it back. He is attacking you. He is moving you around. He is making you uncomfortable, and he is not missing. He's the only player who can do that. He really is. Djokovic is arguably the greatest of all time. There's yeah. really... I think when it all comes down to it... I mean, on the stat sheet, the on the stat sheet, yes. Djokovic is one of the best. Yeah. But, I mean, Nadal, you get, I mean, he's getting a lot of... And I hope it comes to be a thing, you know, when they all three retire, which hopefully is, you know, far time from now. Mm-hmm. Um, that... Everyone can just look at them and be like, they were all great at their own thing. They yeah. were all the go. Yeah. Because honestly, making a decision of who's the go between those threes, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to do. And honestly, it shouldn't be that hard to do because it's an individual sport. It's not like Michael Jordan, exactly. LeBron playing different eras. And, exactly. and and it's crazy because people you know, love to talk about Michael Jordan, LeBron, like I said, but they play team sport and they're in different eras. All three of these guys are playing at the same time and relatively the same time. And there's it's an individual sport, and it's like, man, these guys, like, how is it this hard to make a debate for who's the best in an individual sport mm-hmm. amongst three guys? That's how, like, it is miraculous, honestly. It's yeah, crazy. It is. By the way, Federer's got a uh, Labor Cup coming up in London, the Swiss Indoors in Very Basel. for that. Yeah, Labor me too. Cup's one of my favorite things to watch. Mm-hmm. I love watching the Labor Cup, and you know, with Fed's name in there too, it's yeah. Big deal. Hey, maybe he has a good Labor Cup. Maybe he shows a U.S. Open. Right, here we go. I, I, I pulled up what I uh, wanted to see here. I don't know when this website uh, had this, so it might be a little outdated. Um, but it says Novak Djokovic against Nadal, thirty and twenty-eight. That's so close. 
And I think it actually did get closer than that. I think this from it, the No point. one has that type of record on a doll. No so one. So against Feder, 27 and 23. All right. Okay. Who, who's got it? And then Nadal, Who's got that one? Who's it leading? Uh, Djokovic. Oh, okay. So Djokovic leads them both. Mm-hmm. Nadal against Federer, 24-16. Nadal, Nadal Federer. I mean, when you got 16 wins off Nadal, you're legit. Federer is 23-27 and 27 against Djokovic and 16-24 and 24 against Nadal, meaning he is under 500 against both of them. So it, it's more about it for like me, that. like yeah, I see how yeah, you, you can look make at it that. like that, which I don't want to look at it like that either. But I'm just throwing the numbers out there. Um, it they do speak for themselves, but I, I don't. But who's don't gonna who's gonna play tennis like Roger Federer? Who's gonna play that silky smooth, that elegant with that Eastern grip forehand, so one-handed special. backhand, one of the most no. <laughs> He said Omi would say that. Sitsi Pops beat Federer in Aussie Open, nearly I, like broke himself when Federer was like had a broken knee and was like a dad with a couple kids and like about I to chill, walk bro. to his house. Like, come on. I don't know about that. What? I don't know about the broken knee stuff. Dude, he's like playing like a beat up Federer. All these guys are losing to Nadal with a numb foot. These guys are just built different. 2019 Fed was a beat up Fed. Yeah, he was. He was pretty beat up. His knee was hurting, like he barely walked. When mind. did he win uh, his last Grand Slam? It was in Oh, I'm so wrong, bro. So, so what was it? What was it? Was it? Nadal. Oh, wait, in 2019? Yeah. Oh, my bad. I thought I was so confident I thought it was going to be against. When was Fed's last win? This is fun, man. I, I don't know. Uh... I like looking this stuff up. Yeah, you know, Federer in the Aussie Open, it's a nice relationship he has with that tournament. It's good to watch. I'm so glad he got one French Open, honestly. Like, that one French Open he won, you guys should watch, like, the highlights, the full highlights for the French Open. We'll put a link to that in the description as well. Dude, that is the greatest thing ever. You got a Del Potro showdown, two sets Aussie. down. 2018 Aussie. Against Medvedev? No, dude. Dude, what am I thinking? Why, why do I think? <laughs> Why do you think Medvedev was in the final in 2018? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, you want to get to the uh, hypothetical situation? I have not yeah, heard it, guys. Let's see what this final was. He beat Chilich. Chilich. Oh, that was it. That yeah, was it. No, I. Medvedev <laughs> surged into existence like three years ago, max. Whatever, dude. Whatever, man. Um, yeah, I meant to say Chilich. All right, yeah. all right. So here's the hypothetical. Wait, situation. wait. Before viewers, viewer discretion. I have not heard this. Okay, this is the first ever hypothetical on Clean Weird Channel. Yeah, so this, I kept this myself. This is the first time he's hearing this. Um, and I think it's a solid one to start off with on the first podcast. Right. So, you are in... It's not a Masters 1000, you know? It's like an ATP 250 yeah. event. All right? Yeah. You're in the final. Okay. You win. You know, you celebrate on the court, you know, whatever. You yeah. do your thing. Yeah. You're in the interview afterwards. Mm-hmm. Who's the first person you think? You got your coaches in the box... You got, you know, let's just imagine you have a girlfriend. You got your girlfriend in the box. 
Um, you got your family, your parents, your siblings. You guys let, uh, put your answer in the comments. We're going to be looking through and responding. Who, who's, a, who's a person you think you're, for, uh, you're thinking first? Person that I'm going to think first yeah. is probably, I'm probably going to thank my mom. Your mom first. Yeah, because, you know, me and my mom, when I first started playing tennis, you know, feeding balls to me on the tennis and, court. And we, you, I still do see that on your Instagram, you know, just the other day. Yeah, my mom was feeding the balls on the that. court. Here's some people were saying my forehand was whack. Did you see that? <laughs> no. I was getting I was getting scrapped for that. Wait, I was getting scrapped. No. <laughs> I was getting scrapped by some dudes, some random dudes. Oh. They're like married and like 30 years old. They were saying my forehand was whack. And, hey, just and, talk to them. They're probably watching. Yeah, let go on that video. It's like the latest post. And can you say something nice about my forehand? Cause I I've been working on it. And then one dude was saying something about the rackets. Like the rackets were too stiff to hurt your arm. I told him that the flex in sixty on there deleted his comment. The rackets right down here, guys. Yeah, the rack. Look at these. We put pro stock gloss finish on these rackets. Stop paying two hundred fifty dollars for rackets. Like, come on. These are the highest performing rackets in the world. They're modeled after them. They got the sick clean winter paint on them. Gloss finish. Ninety nine ninety nine. We we that's our price. We're not gonna raise it, lower it. it it's perfect. It's, it's it's literally a steal. It's a steal. Uh, for the especially for these junior players, you know, because I remember when I started going to full time tennis, it was I had to get you know two or three of the same racket. Yeah, you don't want to buy two hundred dollar plus right. That's like four hundred plus dollars. Four hundred six hundred bucks. And they're on, going up. They're two hundred forty dollars now. They're two hundred forty now. Can yeah. you believe that? I, anyway, tennis is getting expensive. Um, yeah. But, Clean winter rackets will stay the same price at $99. Yep, $99.99. Always. So you guys check them out. Cleanwinter.com. Cleanwinter Selling on Amazon as well. You can find the rackets and the backpacks on Amazon. And cleanwintershop.com. You'll see it in the outro. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody. In the first episode of Cleanwinter Podcast, we post every Monday at 8 a.m. on YouTube ish. Yes. And I want to say one more thing. Uh, for future podcasts, we're, uh, we are trying to get some guests on. Um, yes. So if you guys have anyone, you know, preferably like in the Cincinnati area, mm-hmm. um, someone we might have like a connection to that you'd like to uh, hear on the podcast, let us know. Um, anything else that you'd like to add? Um, you know, uh, we're just going to be making the podcast like a little better. We're going to fix the lighting on the TV and get yeah. the mic sound going. So bear with us if there's some... There's going to be uh, a lot of improvements. Yeah, we're going to be improving. Um, and there's a lot of time to do it. But yeah, so you guys, thank you for listening this far. And you guys have a good rest of your day. This is Jimmy Gott and Vincent Now from the Clean Winter Podcast signing off. See you guys. See you all. We'll see you next time.